0: Amen. What a rich morning it's been already. Music, choir, transformational story, prayer, community, and now the Word of God. If you have not yet purchased a ticket for our Vizcaino Vision for Vizcaino Dinner and Variety Show. It'll be November 10th. We've sold 50 tickets already. Let's get up to 100, buy a ticket. 100% of the proceeds go uh, toward a self-sustainability effort there. We're looking forward to that. Should be a lot of fun that night. And uh, we have a great crew of folks working at a variety level. So come on out. We'll have fun and enjoy uh, that evening together. I also, before before we dig into the text, I wanted to uh, welcome a special guest this morning. Mary DeBar is here with her uh, husband, Jerry, and they're almost in the back row. There she is, raising her hand. Mary, raise your hand. She's welcome. Mary is the Committee on Ministry liaison to Placentia Presbyterian Church, and we're delighted to have her with us here as well. We also have two of our own members serving on the Committee on Ministry, Mike Markwith and Bill Weeks. So um, we are a part of something larger than ourselves, and that's one of the strengths of our Presbyterian polity surpassing Jesus uh, is where we're headed John chapter 6 a familiar text but I think I'd like to talk a little bit about it today in a slightly different uh, or slant manner that may bring us some hope and inspiration uh, for our congregation this day the feeding that empo- empowers the crowd the feeding that empowers the crowd John chapter 6 let's go right to the text and read the first 15 verses of it. Now, notice, and I'm going to point a few things out as I go. I kind of like to do that. Uh, sometime after this, okay, so this is being connected with what has already gone on before. And there's a lot of great things that were happening before. Healings uh, of people that were marginalized and lame. And I just thought God is at work in Christ. So sometime after this, Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee. That is the Sea of Tiberias. And here again, a great crowd of people followed him because, and check this out, they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. So notice, after this draws people because of what went before, and they followed him because they saw the signs that he had been doing. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside and sat down with his disciples, the Twelve, the Jewish Passover festival, was near. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming toward him, he said to Philip, one of his disciples, Where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test Philip, like this Jesus is testing Philip. And here's a great line For he already had in mind what he was going to do, but it, it was preceded by a test. Philip answered him from a perspective of scarcity. He said, Jesus, honestly, it's going to take more than a half year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon, Peter's brother, spoke up. Hey, Jesus, here's a boy with five small barley loaves. Notice, a boy, a boy probably on the outskirts of the crowd. Hey, I find, I find this kid. He's got five small barley loaves and two small fish. But how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, had the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. And they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. So there were probably a few thousand others if you include the women and children. Jesus then, now notice, this should sound familiar to us on Communion Sunday. Then Jesus took the loaves, other translations in Mark say He broke it, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And He did the same with the fish. When they all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, Gather the pieces that are left over. Let absolutely nothing be wasted. So they gathered them, and they filled twelve baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. After the people saw the sign, Jesus performed, They began to say, wow, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. And Jesus, knowing that they intended to come and make him king by force, goes incognito. And he withdrew again to a mountain to be by himself. He slips away. Doesn't want to be seen. Incognito. The reading of the holy word of God for us, his people, this morning. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. What would a feeding that empowers the crowd look like in 2019? A valid question. Not just a crowd around the world, but a crowd in our neighborhoods, communities. What does it mean to spiritually feed people? How might we, in fact, do that? Oh, sure, it'll take... A lot of wages to do it. But teach us, God, through the life of a story of a marginalized boy who brings what he has, that we all bring what we have. And it's transformed from scarcity to abundance. Empower us with courage. Open our eyes through a test to see whether we have the eyes to see and the ears to hear. The discerning Word of God to us, this community called PPC, this day. You're strong, holy, powerful, wonderful, gracious, and everlasting to everlasting name we pray. Amen. Well, this certainly is a feeding that empowers the whole crowd. That was uniquely timed for emphasis. A couple of fun facts. Uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but with growing global population, we're going to need, as human beings, to produce more food in the next hundred years than we've produced in the last 10,000 years combined. And that's a challenge. The production of food, however, outpaces consumption. So we really don't have a production problem. We have this distribution problem. And if we look at this text, I think we can discover four ways that this story empowers the crowd to move from scarcity to abundance to distribution so that transformation takes place. So first of all, let me check in with you all and suggest that the first way in which this story empowers the crowd is that it is a story that is built on other stories. And I tried to emphasize this at the beginning of the reading Remember that after these things had happened, and you remember, because they had seen what else he had done among the sick, the crowds came. You see, this story, and many of the biblical stories, we hear them in slices. Yet the slice we hear today is a slice of a whole series of stories. To understand the power of a slice in a Sunday morning, we have to understand that it's a slice of something that's much larger. There's connected holism involved in these sliced stories. What's gone on before impacts what goes on right now and what will impact what goes on into the future. It's not just this story that parachutes in, boom, and wasn't that nice? I was kind of inspired. Let's go have brunch. Let's do that together for a minute. Let's, let's consider last week's Fall Fest. Remember that for those of you who were here? Fall Fest. Let's talk a little bit about Fall Fest. Fall Fest isn't just about a thing that we did last Sunday. We have Fall Fest because of what went on before. You see, the slice of the story called Fallfest happens successfully because of 30 years of other stories that lay the foundation so Fallfest can flourish. Let me say it a different way. Because we have his house and a commitment to the homeless, and we're known in the community, we have Fallfest. Because we have a 30 year tradition of a weekly soup kitchen to feed those who are in our neighborhood and beyond, we have a fall fest. Because we have a children's ministry that's been going for, my goodness, 100 years. 107 because we have a youth ministry and a young adult ministry, because we're in the neighborhood with a a nonprofit called Solidarity, because we have a relationship with Camino Immigration Service, because of all of these types of things that happened before, we now then can have Fall Fest. You see, that, that slice called Fall Fest happens because of all these other great stories. They build on one another. They take the exact same principles and they review them and we repurpose them in ways that the principles meet the need of the day. In whatever fashion, manner, and way, transformation needs to take place now in our current cultural context. You see, this story in our text is a story that's built on other stories. Our story is a church is a story that's always built on other stories. Somebody give me a... Thank you very much. Was that from a Lutheran? <laughs> that was from a Lutheran over there. Well, Luth- luther or whatever we're, whatever it is now. I think that's interesting because that's how this story, the feeding of the probably seven or 8,000, happened. Because of all those things, now this. The second way this story empowers the crowd, I hope I can make sense of some of these musings I had in my mind. There's power to empower in the all. Does that make sense? Now, the, and this is unique to John's gospel. This is the only story in John's gospel that involves a crowd. All the other stories in John's Gospel are about one person that benefits in some way, shape, or form from the ministry of Jesus the Christ. This is the one story in John's Gospel where the whole crowd, the entire crowd, benefits. Because there's power to empower in the all of the crowd because these stories Are built on other stories, making up one large story so that the whole crowd is transformed. Just follow my logic. You got that? Good, because I don't think I could do that twice. You see, this miracle is about the crowd benefiting and having enough. From scarcity, where are we going to get the money? To abundance. From a marginalized boy in the midst of where are we going to get the money? Who brings what he has like we're all going to do. We're going to all bring what we have. Five loaves and two fishes. If we pass the test. If we're able to have our eyes and minds opened up to what Jesus already knows He's going to do. Which brings me to my third way this story empowers the crowd. It's a crowd-sourced miracle. How's that for relevant preaching? This is a crowd-sourced miracle. And, uh, you know, our family's always been into friends, right? You know, and they have great titles for all their shenanigans. I've entitled this This is that time the kid showed there was actually enough. That's the name of this show. The time that kid showed there was enough. And it's powerful because it actually was a kid that showed the adults there was enough. It's powerful because a kid passed the test when one of the followers himself, where are we going to get the money? That'll take, I forget the text, a half a year's wage. But it was a marginalized boy who provided what was needed. You know, the one who seemed to be of no use at all becomes the the rock star hero of the story. Well, with the help of Jesus, of course. Philip was tested to open his mind to move from scarcity to abundance. This is a story of seeing that there is enough to complete the ministry we have been given by the Lord just like the opening pages in the book of order emphatically state, every congregation has all that it needs to complete the ministry that has been given in the Lord. It's an explosion of ideology. It's an explosion of imagination. It's the transformation from. Where were we gonna get the money? Scarcity. To let's everybody bring what we have, live in faith, and watch, watch. Jesus multiply. Thank you. Because in this story, there is enough among the people already. You see, I think that boy was a type. Not only did the boy bring what he had, everybody sitting on that mountainside reached into their pockets and their, dare I say, backpacks. And pulled out what they had. And maybe a little bit more. And God multiplied it allowing them and us to accomplish more than we could accomplish on our own. It's the simple mathematics of multiplication. Now, let's step back for a moment and ask ourselves, take a big picture look, how has this worked at PPC in history past? Because this moment in our time is built on all these other moments in our time as well. It's not just about this moment in time. It's this moment in time built on the history of, of the shoulders of the faithful men and women who we stand on and who some are still here. And I salute you. Can you do that in church? Mary? I didn't do that. Let's go down memory lane together, shall we, for a moment? Similar to what we did with Fall Fest. 30 years ago, even though there wasn't enough money to buy a home next door, paint it yellow, and call it his house. They had the imagination to go there and do it. I mean, it's crazy when you think about it. I was at the His House banquet a few weeks ago, and I said, you know, we're all standing here today because we're standing on the shoulders of those folks, and it wasn't an easy ride. Can we afford to do this? Should we do this? Are we called to do this? Some people actually left the church. And yet, not one person today was deny that was the right thing in the life and history of this congregation. How about about the same time? Uh, visionaries passing the test. Hey, yeah, there's, there's enough room at PPC. Let's open a soup kitchen. Everyone's been bringing (laughs) what they've had for the last 30-plus years, haven't we? How many, show of hands, how many people here have brought something to the soup kitchen at least once in their lifetime? Raise them real high. Two-thirds, maybe more. Everyone bringing what they have to feed the crowd. Didn't have enough on my own, but together, the crowd benefits. And, you know, there's enough space a couple of years ago to provide communal immigration services, to work the legal process so that legally folks could enter into this country and seek asylum. We heard a great story that breaks down a lot of stereotypes, by the way. Folks come from all over the world because they're politically tortured for their beliefs. Seeking asylum. Done legally. Oh, do we have the money to do that? How did that process go over? But they passed the test. They were able to see that it benefits the crowd. Last week, i got in, I got to do this one again because it was really fun to watch. Fun, fall Fun Fest. Fall Fun Fest. Everybody brought what candy they had. They brought the games that they created. They helped to decorate. And we had music. They set it up. They put it away. Why? So the crowd could enjoy. But it didn't happen on its own or in a vacuum. It happened because of the 30-year history of PPC. Bring in there. Five loaves of bread and their two fish saying, we don't have enough. We don't know how we're going to pay for all this stuff. But God, we give it to you. and God does that God thing. And he multiplies it. But he doesn't just multiply it so that everyone gets a little bite like the text wanted us to believe. Everybody ate as much as they wanted. It was like Thanksgiving on steroids. Oh, man, I think I ate a little too much. Uh, Time for a nap. Tryptophan. No, there there were leftovers. How many? Twelve baskets. That's significant. One for each disciple. Because this is the way the church is always going to work from here on out you bring what little you have you move from scarcity to abundance because jesus is going to multiply it just like he did then like he's doing right now in 2019 all the way through so this morning we have the opportunity for everyone to bring what they have so it'll be multiplied so that all the crowd will benefit from spiritual food and some of the decisions this congregation will make if we pass the test. All right, last last way I think this story empowers the crowd. You see, this story is deeply connected to the Hebrew story, to the biblical story, and to our story. This story reminisces... Manna and quail. Remember when the Hebrews were wandering in the wilderness and they had no food? Scarcity. Hey, let's go back to Egypt. At least there was food there. God provides manna and quail. Which I like to translate, hamburgers and buns. How else do you translate that? steak and cheesy bread ooh in our disciple's story five loaves and two fish become 12 baskets of leftovers and that's the way god has worked in the church ever since the church's story and our story goes like this there is a need there is a test There is a sense that there is not enough. There is more given than needed because Jesus took, gave thanks, and distributed to all who were seated and they ate according to the text until they all had had enough to eat. That's just the way God works from beginning to end. I want to introduce you to a woman named Osceola McCarty, born in rural Mississippi. She quit school after sixth grade to support her ailing aunt. She spent the remainder of her life as a, I don't know the politically correct way to say this, a washerwoman in a laundromat. She never married, she lived quietly, She attended church every week, multiple times a week, carrying her, bless her heart, her Bible that was held together by scotch tape. Throughout the years, her neighbors paid her in coins and small dollars to keep their clothes looking fresh. Fresh. She found a lot of dignity in her work noting that hard work gives life meaning she said she said I start each day on my knees saying the Lord's Prayer then I go about my business in 1995 at age 86 she contacted the University of Southern Mississippi to let them know she would be donating her life savings to fund scholarships for African-American students to receive the education that she had missed, the sum that this faithful woman had, her five loaves and two fishes were $150,000. She said, it won't be too many years before I pass on. And I just figured the money would do them a lot more good than it would do me. She knew that those who knew good, those who know good awaits them in heaven, can afford to be generous on earth. After all, everything belongs to God anyway, she said. I just get to steward it. It is my hope and my prayer that through this story this morning, we would be challenged and inspired and emboldened to surpass Jesus with a feeding that empowers the crowds outside these walls. Let's pray. I'm always challenged by God by Your Word. It's always provocative, always insightful, always educational. But none of those words or adjectives mean anything unless it is transformational. Forgive me when I let it stay in my head. Forgive us For the many times we don't pass the test from scarcity to abundance. Because after all, it's not about us. It's only and always about you. Reaching deep and wide as a network, as a community, as a missional movement of God, as apostles sent out to be the hands and feet of Jesus Christ wherever we may go. Teach us to live by faith. Teach us to live by abundance. Teach us to live with our eyes wide open, looking to heaven. In your strong, holy name we pray. Amen.